Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Teaching, I feel like this is very timely um, with where our church is and where we're going. And God is opening up some avenues in the area of us reaching out to people. Um, There is a book that some of you are reading at this time, and some of you have already read it. And I'm hoping and praying here soon that uh, everybody would be able to read it. But I'm going to be teaching on some of the uh, thoughts in this book and also um, some of my own uh, thoughts here, too. Um, And that book, some of you probably have heard of it, it's called Follow to Lead. Follow to Lead. And it's written by Brother Stan Gleason. He's one of our pastors in Kansas City, Missouri. And um, uh, it's basically just Bible principle. It's Bible principle. And I know that we want to uh, reach people. Someone took the time to reach us and to minister to us and pray for us and and bring us, witness to us, bring us to a place of finding the Lord and thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that someone led me and my family to the Lord and led you to the Lord. Somebody had uh, an involvement in that. And uh, matter of fact, maybe you could call a name out. Anybody? Someone that reached you? Linda who? Okay, Freelander, Linda, yes, Patty Williams, Patty Williams, what's that? Violet Sparks, yes, Mark Burke, hey, (laughs) there you go, Micah Burke, yes, Micah Burke invited Franny to church and then started dating her and then married her. After you got the hole, that's right. Anybody else? Who who reached you? What's up? Takia Anderson? Okay. Somebody else? Who reached out to your life? Anybody? One more? Well... And it might have been more than just one. It might have been several that uh, had an impact upon your life and reached out to you. But there was a lot of a lot of things happen here in this process. Um, it wasn't just that they invited you to church, but they they were there to what we call disciple you. You see, I remember when I came to the Lord, uh, and I can call out a name. Um, and uh, uh, his name was uh, Bill Harrington, and uh, he reached out to my family. And he didn't just say, "Oh, can you, you know, why don't you come to church with us?" He he ministered day in day out and discipled uh, my family and reached out to us. And uh, he was a tremendous blessing to our family. So uh, what we're talking about here in, in reaching souls, there's a lot of concepts of how we can reach out to people's lives. As a matter of fact, um, I was thinking here today about um, different methods that we have used to reach out to our community. 
Uh, matter of fact, uh, Polly Smith was reached. Remember when we had our block parties? We had it in the park over in uh, Cottage Hills off Stanley Road. We had the first one we had, uh, we put out signs and we said everything's free. Free food, free, free uh, drinks, free uh, games, free... Uh, gifts, free iPads, free, I mean, we gave free bicycles. We had all kinds of things we were going to give away. And we set up a tent in the, in the park. And I remember, uh, we had so much food. I guess we needed to stretch our faith a little bit more on the food. But when people started coming out of the woods and coming out of the bushes and coming, I mean, people were coming from everywhere. Uh, they were coming out of the apartment complex. They were coming out of the neighborhood. And we're coming, we ended up having over 400 people there. And we had to go and drive, we had to drive and get more food, more drinks, more ice, more this, more that. And we had a great time. We had a, had a really great time. And Paulie was one of them, one of them that, and, and Asa and, uh, his little brother came, uh, and there was a few others. But Paulie was a part, a product of that outreach. Thank the Lord for outreach. Um, and that that was kind of a creative thing. We did that a couple of years, and um, uh, we we had a good time with it, and we had a lot of people, a lot of contacts there, reaching out to people. Um, the whole thing is about the purpose of the church. the The church has a purpose, God's purpose. And when we look at this, uh, we can come up with all kinds of creative ideas of how to reach out to people. Uh, I remember a revival service was was a part of how I received the Holy Ghost. We were in a revival service at our church, home church, and uh, my family, we prayed through to the Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of different avenues. Someone might have knocked on your door and said, hey, I want to invite you to church. Uh, we've even canvassed this area and prayed over homes and made contacts with people. And uh, And people have come to the church. So when we look at this, there's a lot of creative avenues of reaching out to people. Now, where we're at right now, as not just the church, but our country and our world, when you read the news, and, and thank you, when you read the news and what all is going on right now, it's tragic. It is so tragic. The, um, some people didn't go home the other day to their families. What a tragic event that happened in two different places, El Paso, Texas, and uh, was it Dayton, Ohio? What a terrible thing. But the thing about this, I hate to say this, but it will probably happen again. Because there is so much struggle going on in our world right now. And um, we live in a dangerous world. It's not something that we need to walk around in fear all the time. I don't believe that's of God. But I do believe that biblical prophecies are being fulfilled. It's not that the Lord wants these things to happen, but He has He's allowed writers and spoke and inspired the Word of God to prophesy of these things that are happening in this last day. There's a lot of things that are happening, and, and the Bible is being fulfilled, but the Lord warned us of this. Um, he even warned in the Scripture, you know, when people cry, peace, peace, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, be, beware because sudden destruction is coming. So we know that the the struggle of our world, as people, the the, the answer here and and the reason why this is all happening, the church knows. We know why these things are happening. Um, the root problem is the condition of the heart. That's the problem. And I know government and people and political parties and this and that are trying to find solutions to this. And they might come up with some solutions, but the solutions that they're coming up with are not going to fix the problem because the problem, the root problem is the heart of people that are doing these terrible things. They are deceived by the enemy and they've given themselves into the the enemy, the devil, and the devil's desire is to destroy people before they come to a salvation place in their life and make a decision for God. Destruction. He's a thief. He's a destroyer. He desires to destroy. He desires to kill. The Bible says that. We're living in the last days. Some things are being fulfilled. I talked to my dad just the other day, and uh, he, um, of course, lives in Springfield, Missouri, and and Irvin Baxter is in Branson teaching uh, in a couple for a couple nights there, and he went to one of those, and uh, a lot of the things that are that he's talking about that are happening. I mean, he pinpoints it with the scripture. What's happening? We're living in the last days. Do you believe that? We're living in the last days. But the church is, has a great opportunity right now to reach people because people are hurting. People are afraid. People are scared. They are trying to find answers. And what's, what we have to understand is we have the answer. The answer is the Word of God. The answer is the plan of God, the gospel. The answer is the cross. The answer is Him shedding His blood. The answer is Acts 2.38, repentance, baptism in His name, and filling on the Holy Ghost. And you might say, well, how is that going to fix it? i tell you what happens when people get God, their, their motives change, their thinking changes, their, their, their hatred changes, their, they, they receive a love. Uh, I know... A lot of people are talking about, you know, take all guns away. Some politicians say, take that's not going to fix it. Someone's going to find something else to hurt somebody with. The problem is, the root problem is the condition of the heart. We know that. So if we can share this glorious gospel to people in our world, we can help our world fix the problems that they're fixing, they're trying to fix right now through means that a lot of the means are not going to work. You've got to go to the root of the problem. And that's where we come in as the church body. We can make a difference in our world. I have seen people with so much hatred and so, so, so vile in their thinking. And I've seen them come to God and I've seen God totally turn them around, change their life, and they are totally love with the Lord, loving their family, families mended, things happen because they gave their life to the Lord. I had a friend that uh, was in the, my home church. Uh, actually, before 
he got into church, he was he was a character. I'm telling you, he was he was probably about 15 to 17 years older than me. He had a family. One of his his uh, um, stepsons was one of my best friends. Uh, matter of fact, he discipled me. He, he uh, took me in and shot, showed me how to worship God, how to live for God, how to walk with God. This my good friend did. But his dad was he was a character. I'm telling you, um, he was rough. He was tough. He loved to box. I'd go over to their house, and he was constantly wanting people that, that came over, wanting them to box. He was wanting me and my good friend to box. He wanted to coach us, I guess, teach us. But and here's the reason was because he had lived. He actually had came out of a pastor's home. They had a very large family in Missouri. Came out of a pastor's home, and he uh, he got away from God somewhere along the line, and um, he ended up in prison. Um, he told me stories, different story. One of the one of the big reasons why he continued to go to prison, he'd get out, he'd go right back to prison because he kept writing bad checks. Back when you used checks, you know, does people use checks anymore? Yes, we do. Some don't, but he constantly wrote bad checks, hot checks, you know, the kind that bounce from here to the back door. And he told me that uh, uh, he even was into. Uh, Theft. He was told me one time him, him and a friend of his walked into this house late at night and they were taking all the the, the TV and all, and all of the different things out of the house and loading it up in their truck at night. And they walked over to pick up the couch. And when they were getting ready to pick up the couch, they noticed that the man that lived there was asleep on the couch. So they left the couch and walked out the door and took everything else. He was a character. He was he was a character. But I remember the day that he came to the Lord and gave his life totally to the Lord. He repented of all of his sins and he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I'm talking about a man that was ruthless, talking about a change in his life. There was such a change in his life. I will definitely say that my home church solved a lot of problems in Springfield, Missouri by winning his soul to the Lord. (laughs) Solved a lot of heartache and pain in our city. And I know the crime, crime levels went down after that because he was saved. And, and talking about a change, uh, not only living for God and falling in love with the Lord, all of a sudden he just started reaching out to people, bringing people to church, wanting to reach out into people's lives and let them know, hey, the Lord wants to deliver you and give you something in your life that will set you free. There was a total change in his life. He even eventually got to the point where he wanted to, he wanted to be so, he was, he was a protector of the, of the pastor of the church. I mean, he, he, of course, he was used to that in prison. He told, you know, you could look at his nose and his nose went like this. Because he had been in so many fights. He said one time the guards took him into a room and, and, uh, they said they needed to talk to him. So they took him in the room and they just beat the fire out of him. He said, I swung back. 
I connected a few times, but he said they just beat me and beat me. You see, there's a lot of people who are going through some hard, hard times in life trying to figure things out. And maybe you have been through some hard, hard times in your life. But when this man was set free, I'm talking about it was free indeed. It was a powerful transformation in his life. He had a struggle in his life, but when God took over, he, he, he got to a point where he wanted to be so involved in the church. He was there. He was faithful. And um, transformation in his life. Uh, he passed away. It's been now probably about ten years ago. Uh, but he died saved. Thank the Lord for that. We're living in a world that is messed up, mixed up because of sin. Because of the condition of the heart. And the devil is speaking into the minds and hearts of, and the souls of people. And they're giving in to these things and destroying. They're carrying out the duties of what the devil wants to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have an answer here to all of these problems. It's in the Word of God. And God has given us an opportunity and an open door right now to be able to reach out into the lives of people and to touch them with the Word of God. The Bible says, He that wins souls is wise. I do believe that where our church is right now, it's important for us to be so connected with God that God leads us to hungry hearts. We need to be in prayer and sensitive to the Lord to where that the Lord will lead us to people that need to, to hear the answer. Some people are not ready for the answer. But some people are. There are some people right now that are praying, asking God, and they're probably saying, well, God, I don't really know who you are. I don't know everything about you. But if you're up there, God, please send somebody my way to help me. That's where we're at, church. I believe that, and we've heard the prophetic word. Uh, we've heard that this church is going to grow and the prophecies about all of these things. And we're seeing some things happen. But I believe that at this point where God is wanting us to understand that we need to go forth and we need to carry out the great commission that God has called us to, to reach those that are hurting. There's people that are hurting and they don't have anybody to turn to. That's the reason why they give up. That's the reason why they take their own life because they don't feel like no anybody even cares. There's no answers here. There's got, and they say there's got to be a better life than this. Some of us have said that before we came to the Lord. There's got to be a better life. Something better than this. I can't handle this anymore. Some of you have been there. Maybe all of us at some point or another. But the church has an answer. And um, by sharing the gospel message to people, loving people, caring about people, helping people through their struggles, helping people, that is a part, part of the fruit of the Spirit when we receive the Holy Ghost. That needs to be a part of us, something inside of us. That it not just has to be forced out, it just automatically comes out of us. Because that is the love of God that God puts in us. Souls. 
There's souls out there right now that God wants you to reach. And there is such a simple solution to this and such a simple method that is totally biblical that we're going to talk about here for a few weeks. We must, we must reach our world. And we can help. We can help our world by reaching out to souls, lives that are hurting. This is an open door time to reach people, making disciples. And it does take time. It takes time. It takes sacrifice. But if you really have something in your heart, you know what? If you really have something in your heart to do, you're going to do it no matter what stands in your way. Amen? If you, men, if you get the, the, the craving to go fishing, it doesn't matter if the grass is this tall. If you got it in your heart to do that, you're going to do it. You're going to do everything you can to do it. Ladies, if there's something that comes into your heart to do, whatever it is, Maybe it's to go buy a new dress. You're not going to let anything stop you, get in your way or whatever. Go buy a new pair of shoes. I've been teasing my wife. And the other day I, I was teasing her that uh, we were looking at some kind of a cabinet or something. I said, yeah, that could be perfect for all of your shoes. I was just teasing with her. She just gives me that look. You know that look. You've all seen that look. I get that every now and then. It's fun. But, um, you know, there's, there's some things that if you get it in your heart, nothing's going to stop you. If you get soul winning and being a disciple maker in your heart, there is something that is going to drive you and not stop you to reach somebody. And it is the most greatest experience for you to make the, a difference in somebody's life. That is where God has us right now, making disciples. And the, the, the great uh, uh, purpose that God has given us is found in the book of Matthew 28. And I'm going to go to 18, 19, and 20. I know the Great Commission we call is actually verse 19. But I'm going to read these scriptures here tonight if you've got your Bibles. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it reads, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he says in verse 19, which we call this the great commission that God has given us as individuals and as a church body. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus said this, this great commission. He commissioned His church, His disciples, that He wanted them to do these things. Understanding, of course, 
um, you know, it says, and I do want to explain this here, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Notice it does say name, one, singular. We know in the Scriptures it bears it out that the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost is Jesus. It, it bears it out in Scripture. Um, I won't have time to go through that right now, but but the Lord was wanting them to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The translation of this uh, of teach all nations is uh, to be a disciple and make a disciple. Where it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, has twofolds, twofold meaning. For you to be a disciple, and we're a disciple of the Lord, and it also has another meaning, to make a disciple. Make a disciple. Which, when we're a disciple of the Lord, we can also find someone to disciple ourselves, to lead them to Christ. But then, the whole concept here, which we'll talk about this more as we go, but I want you to understand it at the very beginning. It's such a simple thought. I am a disciple. I'm going to remain a disciple because I'm going to walk and follow after the Lord and what He commands. But then I'm going to reach out to others and teach them and make a disciple to show them the way to Christ. And when I ground them in the Word and I help them to understand how to live for God, I'm going to make them a disciple maker also and teach them to reach out to somebody else and to find somebody to make a disciple. And then guess what? They're going to be a disciple and then they are going to find someone else to be a disciple maker and teach them how to follow Christ and then they're going to teach them how to find another disciple. So they're going to be a disciple maker. And then it goes on beyond that, then that person is going to be a disciple and then they're going to find someone that they can disciple and lead to Christ and then uh, they're going to teach them to be a disciple maker. You see how it goes? This is biblical. It's biblical. Make disciples. That's what God has called us to do. And when the church, not just our church, but every church that, uh, that stands upon the Word of God, is when they um, um, get the concept of what Jesus was trying to say, is we can make disciples. It, you know, if, if everybody in one year... And it, and it might even take a year. It might even take a little longer than a year to make a disciple. It takes patience. It takes time. But here's the thing about it. If everybody in our church, say we had 80 people and every one of them made a disciple, guess what? In that year, year and a half, maybe even two years, we would have 160 disciples that we're teaching to make disciples. And talking about the church growing... Because this is what the Lord desires for His church. The Lord, uh, and it's 
there's times that we need to come into the house of God and get strength for ourselves spiritually. Uh, and God speaks to us, God ministers. But here's the thing about it. It's not all about us. It's all about us receiving enough strength to be able to stand with God, but also to be able to go out and make a disciple, to reach somebody else. There are hurting people out there in this world. You know what I'm talking about because we all have been hurting ourselves at times in our life, and we know what they're going through. Some probably know more of what they're going through than others. But we do know what they're going through. And what God is calling in this great commission is He's calling us to be disciples, but He's also calling us to be a disciple maker. Amen. That is the method of Jesus' of Jesus's purpose for the church. It's, it's pretty simple. Be a disciple maker. Be a disciple maker. I want to read another translation of the King James Version. It's the New King James Version of these same scriptures. I'm going to do 19 and 20, of course, here. But it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit says here, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, going to these two scriptures here, I want you to notice one thing here before we go any further. Verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. I I was reading that today, and I noticed that it just kind of stood out to me. Let me read it again in, in, of course, the King James Version teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So we're taking, as a disciple maker, we're taking the Word of God that the Lord has, what God has commanded us, and we're teaching others what God has taught us. That's what a disciple maker is. It's taking people that are hurting, taking them and saying, you know, here, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help strengthen you. I'm going to help you up. Some people are just looking for help, for someone that cares, for someone that that is concerned about what they're going through. And that's a disciple maker. And that is what God calls us to do. So in the Great Commission, it identifies four commands here. First of all, it says go. In other words, go beyond these walls. We can go beyond these walls out in our community. We can go into the surrounding areas here. We can reach, go beyond the walls and reach out to people and baptize them and teach them and make a disciple. Now, all churches are very good at the first three go, baptize, teach. But on the fourth one, a lot of times, churches fall short of making a disciple. You see, when people come... Let me say this, because it's very, very important. When people come into our church and they repent of their sins and they're baptized and they're filled with the Holy Ghost, we get very excited, and rightfully so. 
But that's not the end of the story. We don't just stop. Okay, they've got the Holy Ghost now, so everything is going to be peachy keen. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be perfect. Let me ask the question was it perfect for you? It wasn't perfect for me. It took a while for me to get some things figured out and understand. Understanding how to pray, how to worship, how to live for God, how to walk with God, how to read His Word, how to understand His Word. There were some things I had to sort out. And yes, the Holy Ghost helped me uh, to overcome some things. It helped strengthen me. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Ghost in my life, I couldn't have done it on my, my own. And I didn't do it all on my own. I did it with the help of the body of Christ. But there's times that people will come into even our church, our local church, and they receive the Holy Ghost and they're baptized, and we're happy for them, but we don't see them anymore because they needed someone to disciple them. Someone to disciple them. That's where the body of Christ comes in. We come in to play by when people receive the Holy Ghost and baptized and repented and, and, and they made their decision to live for God. And they've got good, good thoughts here. But we need someone to step in and say, Here, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to help you. I'm going to teach you how to walk with God, how to faithfully live for God. And, and, and when we build that foundation in their life, yeah, a lot of it comes through preaching, a lot of it comes through teaching, uh, you know, in our teaching times, but a lot of it, in, in the most important ministry of the church, a lot of times is just that one-on-one contact and ministering and friendships and connection and that's one reason why we have connect groups, connecting with people. I, I would most definitely recommend for you to be involved in a connect group because you're connecting with the body of Christ. That's a part of discipling. We're helping one another. We're befriending one another. And one of the most wonderful things is the Word of God, but also right next to that is food. We had some good food at Connect Groups. That's the reason a lot of times me and my wife kind of bounce around to every one of them. Good word and good food. So when you look at this, it's all about discipleship, disciple making. The method of reaching souls has been a Bible principle through the years taught by Jesus himself. The Great Commission. Matter of fact, when Jesus walked on this earth, you know what he was doing? He was building disciples. He was making disciples. Jesus could, he had people eating out of his hands, so to speak, as he broke the bread and the fishes and and he fed the 5,000, he fed the 4,000. People were right there, they, and he, they saw healings that he'd done. I mean, he could have won so many people, the whole world, but you know what he was doing? He was teaching, teaching disciples and making disciples. Twelve that were there with him, twelve, twelve men, and I'm sure... 
their families also. He was instilling some things into them and teaching them. Because there was going to be a day that he was going to depart from this earth and fulfill his mission of giving his life and shedding his blood for us on the cross. So what we find here is he was putting some things into these twelve disciples and teaching them and showing them that when he leaves uh, that you're going to have to carry on this message, this gospel message. And he was instilling some things into them. How to live, how to pray, how to fast, how to minister, how to minister in the Spirit. They, they even The disciples even uh, seen miracles. They pray for those and miracles. Matter of fact, after Jesus had left this earth and ascended up into heaven, after He resurrected out of the tomb and ascended up into the heavens, what happened in Acts chapter 3? Uh, uh, Peter and John were going to the temple and there was a, a man that was lame from his mother's womb, never walked before in his life, and he was at begging alms. And when uh, he asked for alms, they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He got up, he, he began to walk, run, leaping, praising God, never walked before in his life. What a miracle. You know why they were able to do that? Is because... God gave them the teaching and the gifting and the authority to do that. We human beings have no power whatsoever other than what God allows us to have. If there's a miracle, it's not because I or you that have done it. It's because God has done it through us. That's His plan. That's His that's his desire. His desire is for this church to grow. I, I know that his desire is for every service, for someone to receive something from him, the gospel message, for someone to give their life to him. That is every, every service. God desires that. He doesn't desire for the baptism water to sit still, but for it to be stirred with baptisms. Matter of fact, this Sunday we got a baptism. Sister Debbie, you are a disciple maker. Believe it or not, you have you are discipling your granddaughters and your grandson. It, you're, you're a disciple maker. Thank God for that. You brought them to church. They're receiving the word. They're understanding these things, um, and and little here, a little there. And they're growing. And they're being filled with the Holy Ghost. Sophia received the Holy Ghost at uh, the Youth Congress. 37,000 young people and youth leaders there. Wow. We got some videos of just a wave going through that place. Powerful experience. God. I'm talking about it was like everybody was worshiping God. There were people getting out of wheelchairs. This is not just some televangelist that did that. No, it was it was miracles. People, there were braces that were taken off. God had healed people. There were people received the Holy Ghost. Some of the workers there received the Holy. There was one night a thousand people received the Holy Ghost. A thousand people in one service. 
37,000, over 37,000 people that were there. Holy Ghost was moving through that place. Um, I, I even seen on, on my, um, uh, online, I seen where they had advertised that uh, and did some articles in St. Louis Post-Dispatch and I think Channel 2 and Channel 11 and talking about these things. One of the things they were talking about mostly was the, the, dash, uh, the disaster relief buckets that they put together for times of disaster, floods, tornadoes, this and that. The world looks at that, and that's a great thing. But the greatest thing, if they would really understand it, was the moving of God's Spirit that is affecting our city and area around. The power of God is moving so powerful. But thank you, Sister Debbie, for being a disciple-maker. That's your family. We can even be a disciple-maker to our family. Show them the right way. Show them the Word of God way. Show them because it's the Word of God way is going to save them. It's going to help them walk in a, in a right way. But the method of reaching souls is not complicated. It is a Bible principle taught by Jesus Himself. How do we do it? How do we do it? Do we come up with just some new bright ideas? I know we have some creative people around here, and we've come up with some creative things to reach out. And we're going to continue to do that. It's a good thing. But when we incorporate the biblical principle of Jesus in disciple-making, that's when we're going to see some great and powerful things happen. I don't know if someone could run out and check on... Brother Eric, could you run out and check on Franny there? But how do we do it? Do we come up with new ideas? Or, and a lot of times, do we find, do we find what other churches are doing? He's good. Do we find out what, what ideas these other churches are doing? I know a lot of times they write books. This is how you win, win souls. This is how you reach people. This is how you reach out and minister and help people along the way. And ideas that other churches have used. We've used that before and it's worked. But there's some things that might work in one city that might not work in our city. And vice versa. But how do we do this? What works in one city might not work in Bethalto. But through invention and through inspiration of humans, churches have had some success in reaching out to people in various ways. But, uh, you know, sometimes we get to where we take a certain thing that might work one time and then that's, we make a shrine around it. Matter of fact, when you think about it, uh, in the book of uh, Follow to Lead, it said Moses first met God at a burning bush. But Moses didn't go around and keep looking around bushes for God after that. Sometimes we make, you know, we've seen God in a bush, but that doesn't mean God is in every bush. Oh, yeah, His Spirit's everywhere. He's in a bush, but that doesn't mean God's going to reveal Himself in a bush next time. He might reveal Himself out of a shoe. He might reveal Himself out of a house plant. He might reveal Himself out of a, a book laying on your shelf. He might reveal Himself out of a uh, uh, food. Sister Jen, as you fix it. God, that's the great thing about God. He doesn't do everything the same all the time. 
He knows exactly what is needed at the exact time. That's the way God is. And, and that's what makes it exciting living for God. Can you imagine if everything was the same? You can only, you can only come to a bush to find God. <laughs> Moses found him there, so I guess we can find him there too. Well, maybe so, but maybe not. If that was the case, we'd plant a bush right here. Maybe a whole bunch of bushes around the altar here when we just come to the bush and find God. No. Sometimes we build shrines around certain ideas and things. But, you know, God can do things out of nothing. That's the way God is. He could do things out of absolutely nothing and make something great out of it. That's the way God is. So what do we do? Do we find ideas, inspirations, inventions? Um... God doesn't always work the same every time. That's the reason why we need to continue in prayer. Because God has a different avenue of doing things the next time that might be different than the last time. I've seen God speak to people in such an amazing, unusual way at times. And really what it comes down to, it's like... I've been talking about here recently. It's a Paul experience. Now, I didn't have God put blinders on my eyes like great scales and speak to me from heaven and lead me to a man named Ananias when I was going to Damascus. He didn't do that. But he did it a different way. And he did it a different way for you too. But you see, that's the nice thing and exciting thing about living for God. But the church must look to the Bible for our answers to fulfill our purpose to reach the lost because uh, the thing about it is when we go to the Bible we're going to find God's plan when you consider your vehicle when you consider your vehicle when you when you bought it um, if you tried to operate it in your own manner and you never changed the oil in it and you never uh, <laughs> I've seen that <laughs> And you never change the oil, and uh, you, and you drive it with your foot. You got a heavy foot, and uh, and and you don't take care of it the way the manual says. You know what happens if you don't do it the way the specs show? It's not going to operate with its optimum design, opposed to if it was done with the with the manual. Some, some spare tires and jacks are in places that are totally different on some cars than the other. I would recommend to you to look at your owner's manual to find out where that jack and spare tire is because some people, I've heard, have not been able to find it because they're looking where the old car had it. And if you just go to the owner's manual and look at the owner's manual, it would tell you exactly where it's at and how to take it out. I'm guilty. I pulled, <laughs> I didn't read the manual, I, I you know, I had a flat tire and, and I pulled the jack out. I'm trying to figure, what in the, what are, what in the world is this? And, and I'm trying to figure out how it all fits together and works. And then finally I, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache and pain by just reading the manual. <laughs> okay, now, let's put this same thought 
in our lives. We can do it our own way. We can figure it out on our own. It might take a long time, and there might be a point where you don't ever figure it out. But if you just go to the Word of God, you can figure out how to live for God and how to walk. You can, you can understand your thoughts. You can understand your feelings. You understand your, what you're struggling with and what your victories are. You can understand a lot of things about yourself by just going to the Bible that has all the, the, the specifications of everything that's in your life. The understanding of your heart, understanding of your brain, understanding of your emotions, understanding of your soul, understanding of your flesh, understanding of everything about your life. If you just go to the Bible and read it and understand when you have that emergency, you understand a little bit more about yourself. God knows more about you than you know yourself. He knows more about me than I know myself. Amen? So... When you look at the Bible in the book of Revelations, there was, it was talking about seven churches there. Churches of Asia in the book of Revelation 2 and 3. Each message in those churches that the Lord gave them in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and, verse, and chapter 3 was individually written to the particular congregation for that purpose, for that church. You see, God has something individually put together for landmark. But He also has something specifically put together for every church, and everything in the Bible is for every church. So when you find a Bible principle that Jesus was teaching to just be a disciple maker, you can understand it's for all churches. All churches. God has given us a method to reach souls and disciple them that will work in any century, on any continent, in any local church, and in any culture. God's method works everywhere. We could fumble over things and try to figure out and try to be creative. And some create, you know, some creativity, it's good, you know, when we're trying to do things to reach out to our community. But when we go back to the Bible, understand it just simply comes down to being a disciple maker. Being a disciple and being a disciple maker. Putting ourselves and what God has showed us into other people. You know, God would not tell us, and I'm going to bring this to a close, but God will not tell us our purpose in the Great Commission without giving us the method. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he wouldn't do it and say, okay, you got the Great Commission, but you're on your own now. You've got to figure it out on your own. No. He gives us the method. And that method, of course, like I told you earlier, was... Four commands. Go, baptize, teach, and make. And make a disciple. Make a disciple. You know, a lot of times we get stuck in traditions. Traditions. Even, I do know the apostolic churches. We do take pride in ourselves and not following traditions. But then we follow traditions, don't we? 
you know, there's been there's been times that, you know we, we even get stuck in traditions even in evangelism. But um, <clears throat> believe it or not, I'm, I know I'm going to just totally destroy everything that you believe right now. But years ago we had hymnal books, and I remember a lot of churches were going to the overhead thing, and and they were taking the hymnal books out of the pews, and people almost lost their salvation over that. Because that's the way we've always done it. Do you realize that churches got the hymnal books planned from the Methodists? <laughs> that was their tradition. Uh, matter of fact, um, and I, I, I don't want to mess you up too much here, but you know, kneeling and tearing at the altar, which was called the mourner's bench, and that's we don't want to stop doing that. That's that's a good thing. Kneel means, you know, it's like we're bowing ourselves before the Lord. And that talks about that, you know, kneeling. But you realize that was a tradition of the Methodist Church? The mourner's bench? Um, you also realize that uh, we have Sunday school, and we're not going to stop having Sunday school. It's a great thing. We're teaching our kids. But do you realize that we got the Sunday school plan from the Baptist churches? Sunday school. I mean, we could keep going on and on about traditions, but when we come, when it comes to even in evangelism, well, let me let me talk about the okay, just for just a second here, kneeling and tearing at the altar. What did the disciples and those that were in the upper room do in the Book of Acts when they received the Holy Ghost? I know I'm going to mess you up here. What? They were sitting. Oh, that just messes everything up. They weren't kneeling in an altar. They were sitting, the Bible says. So you can receive the Holy Ghost kneeling, sitting, standing, whatever. When your heart's ready, when your heart's right, you'll get it. Hmm. Oh, I just messed up a lot of traditions. I could keep going, but I won't. But the disciples, and in the Bible, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in unusual ways. But you see, when it comes to evangelism also, we think the only way sometimes that people can receive the Holy Ghost or give their life to the Lord is through a certain method, certain way. But let me say this. When we go back to the Bible and understand it's just as simple as inviting people to the house of God. And it's as simple as being their friend. We're not trying to push anything over on anybody. Just being a true friend to somebody and caring about them and being there for them and connecting with them, sharing with them. And guess what? They will share some things with you that will help you. It doesn't mean you have to sin with people. It doesn't mean you have to do things, certain things, but it does mean that we just got to connect with people. And we first need to be a disciple and be grounded in what God has commanded us and walk in that Word. we got to be a disciple. we got to be sure about what we believe and stand upon it. we got to love the truth and sell it not. The Bible says that. But we've got to also reach into other people and show someone else the way to the cross, 
to the place where Jesus can wash away all their sins. We have the answer to the world's problems. It's here. It's in the Word of God. And it's important for us to take it beyond these walls into people's lives and reach into their lives. But first, first step, we've got to be a disciple first. We've got to be sold out on this thing. And when we're sold on it, and when we got the power of the Holy Ghost working in our lives, trust me, it's like the prophet said, it was like fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't hold it in. I had to tell somebody about it. I had to show somebody the way. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Let's stand. I'm going to give you some hope because I'm going to go 30 minutes more. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it's so true. This is where God is leading us. This is where God is directing us. He's directing us to be disciple makers. And there's so much more to this. We'll talk about it here in the next few weeks. But it's very, very powerful because it's a God idea. It's a God idea. Disciple making. Be true. You know, what people, I tell you what people are looking for is someone that is what they say they are. And someone that will be truthful about it. And someone that, you know, people don't mind if you mess up as long as you are honest. And you get back up and you keep on walking. People can appreciate it because they know that, that if you are perfect and you walk on water, they realize I can't do what they do because I can't walk on water. Well, guess what? We're human. We're, we're human. We're humans. We make mistakes at times. But they just want to know that you're, you are what you say you are. Just a follower of Christ. Amen. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray for this congregation.